You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podcast. Again, the play fake to Penny. Jones with time. Goes for the end zone. And it is caught for a touchdown by Darius Slayton. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Oh, Grump, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm uh, sorry. This, this is Cranky Fan with our baseball update. <laughs> uh, we are recording this on late Thursday night. It is almost Friday morning. Uh, Rays suffer a, uh, I wouldn't call it necessarily a heartbreaking walk-off loss, but uh, you know that window of comfort is starting to to uh, get smaller and smaller. So we be- we better uh, take care of business on Friday for game six because you don't want to get into a game seven where all bets are off. So still feeling until it's a, a, a you know, a winner take all game. I'm still feeling pretty comfortable, but uh, not as much as I did 48 hours ago. And uh, you know, in, in giants news, um, no wins at all. Uh, feeling a little glum, um, you know, but you know, it's still early. Let's, uh, this is this is another rebuild year, so we're not looking at wins and losses. We're looking at week to week improvements. Although the wins would feel really good. Um, so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, we're, we're entering. You know, we we've played only one division game so far, and we played pretty well. Um, much better than I expected. Uh, had a very good chance to win the game. Didn't, and that's you know disappointing, frustrating, but at the same time, um, not all that unexpected. And, you know, they played up to their competition a little bit there. So not a bad game. And now they move on to their second division game of the year. This Sunday, they host the Washington football team. I think this is a, uh, this is a game where it's kind of a measuring stick for us. Uh, it's kind of where, where you can start seeing a tangible result of are things really getting better or not. I mean, we played a pretty tough schedule this year. We played, you know, Dallas is better than their record overall talent wise. You know, Pittsburgh's off to a good start and, you know, the Rams are going to be good and, you know, all these teams, but this is a bad team we're playing Washington. And, you know, this is an opportunity to see, you know, to learn how to win against a team that is very, you know, a team we should, you know, I think we should, we should be in the game to have the, the potential to win it. You know, this is not, we're not a major underdog and like what, you know, a million breaks have to go our way to, to, to win. This is a game where, you know, you feel like you should win. And so this will be a good way to see, you know, where exactly are we? You know, can we you know, make as little mistakes as possible? Can we, you know, continue to see more, you know, uh, more green shoots from the from the running game. Can we see continued pressure on the quarterback? Can we see all these little things that you know? When you're playing a bad team, you should beat. So this is a this is a good measuring stick this week. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, this is you know we we get caught up week to week with how bad this team, how we're not seeing improvements, how how it's just the same as last year. This team hasn't gotten better since 2017, and you know. At the beginning of the year, we knew that this was a brutal start to the schedule. 
And, you know, you ran through it. I mean, Dallas, you can look at the wins and losses if you want, but they had the number one ranked offense. Um, you know, that's not a bad team. They just choked in their first couple games. Um, you know, the Rams are playoff bound, I would expect. Uh, they, they have a real shot to go to the Super Bowl. They can run deep into the playoffs. That is a fact. Um, you know, Pittsburgh is, they haven't lost yet. We're, we're looking at teams that no one expected the Giants to beat at the beginning of the year if they started the way they did. If Pittsburgh started the way they did, if LA is as good as they have been, you know, if Dallas is as good as expected, you know, we knew that these would be losses. But this is a game where we can look at and say Washington's a mess. And, you know, Washington is in this situation now where I don't think you can have a more stressful offseason. Um, you know, I don't want to get <laughs> caught up in all the minutiae, but, I mean, we're talking about a team that fired its head coach last year, had to hire a new one. They had multiple scandals in the offseason, including a name change. And by the way, these things are organizational that I'm saying, but the reason I bring them up is because Ron Rivera, once he was hired, became the face. I mean, more so than Daniel Snyder. He's included in press in press releases as being responsible for finding a new team logo and, and, and mascot and stuff. Um, and, and he's been on the forefront of taking, you know, press questions about things that happened in this organization years before he got there. You know, so this is a stress on a head coach that was diagnosed with cancer um, at some point this year and is also dealing with the same bullshit that every other coach is dealing with, with COVID and restrictions and and training camp with, with no preseason. And, you know, oh, by the way, he's a new coach and um, he's got to install his stuff. So, I mean, I don't, you know, we can try, say we're not making excuses for the Giants, but I mean, I can make plenty of excuses for Washington. Yeah, I mean, we, the cliche is always, well, this team is trying to establish identity. Well, this team is literally having to uh, um, establish a new identity for itself. So you're right; it's a it's a complete makeover, and I think. I look into my crystal ball. I don't think this makeover will ever be complete until there's a new owner. And, you know, never say never, Washington football team fans out there, because, you know, he fought tooth and nail for 15 years about changing the name of the team. Um, but, you know, something at some point, everybody has a price. And, you know, we've seen it in the NF and in the NBA where owners are forced to sell their team for. Reason X, and you know, for, for pure NFL too. I mean, didn't the same thing happen in Carolina? Owner was forced to sell the team. That's true, and we're not saying that Daniel Snyder has done anything to warrant that. But there's no evidence know, that he has. There's allegations, right but, right? but even so, it's like you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you know, it's out of the realm of possibility the NFL does not want Daniel Snyder as an owner, and he may get the you know they may kill the butterfly with a hammer with him if something goes down more to get him out of the league so um but really until he is gone you know i I, you can only do so much uh lipstick on a pig with a team and um you know that's fortunate for us as giant fans 
Yeah, you know, so I've I've heard um, people say that the Giants are going to be stuck in this rebuild mode for eternity until ownership changes or changes are made at the top. Let me tell you something. You guys are spoiled. You're spoiled. I, I have no personal love for the Maras. I don't care. You know, they're not very likable people in my opinion. They have not had a very good face publicly the last couple of years. What with defending Josh Brown, signing him, you know what I mean? All these things. Um, but the fact is, the teams that really have bad owners, the Jets, the Dolphins, Washington, the reason that they're bad is because they cycle through coaches, GMs, coaches, GMs, new quarterback, coaches, GMs. Those are bad owners. Well, that's true, but you know something? <laughs> There's starting to be a track record, you know, ever since, you know, Wellington Mara was no longer the, you know, the controlling owner of this team of no, a I, lot I of those, a lot of those traits. I mean, let's, let's be honest, you know, if Gettleman gets run after this year, which is a distinct possibility, now you're talking about, you know, going through firing two GMs in what, 4 years? Five years you're, yeah. yeah, you're talking about going through, you know, you're on our third coach in five years. You know, we, uh, you know, this, 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 I can't say that this is great ownership anymore. And that usually happens when, no, you know, and I, I'm not family claim that this is great ownership. What I'm saying is that it's not the worst owners in the league. I, I would say right now they are in the lower tier of owners. I wouldn't say they're the worst. I mean, they are not tone deaf to the fan. I think the worst ownership has a tone deaf, uh, you know, arrogance that they just do not care what the fans think. I think this ownership to truly be among the worst would be just, you know, the Daniel Snyders of the world who just don't care. Um, you said that the giant fan base is spoiled. This, this fan base isn't spoiled because we haven't won anything in quite a while. Uh, this fan base is entitled and that's their problem. So that's a big, big difference. Like, no, you're, I make you're fun right. of, I make fun of the Yankees all the time because there was people like, "Oh, Yankee fans are spoiled." They're not spoiled. They have one shit. You know, I mean, uh, a high school kid does not remember a Yankee win, but they're entitled. They feel like they're owed because they're the Yankees. And you know, to be very fair, Giant fans are like that too. Hey, we're the Giants. I mean, you have in your head if you're a Giant fan, you think everything is lunch pail, blue collar. Tough defense, Lawrence Taylor, uh, you know, windy giant stadium in 1987 with the, you know, the, the, you know, the footage and LT like, with bark dogs and stuff. That's not what this team is. It hasn't been for a long time, but you feel that's what you are and that's what you should be. Uh, but you know, every ownership, I, I can't think really of an ownership group when it passes down to the next generation maintaining the, the, the standard of excellence that they had before. I mean, I guess you could say that about the uh, the Steelers, maybe, uh, but you know, you know, the, the Raiders are are not a well run organization. I don't think the Giants are compared to what they were before, and you know, it's going to be at some point we're going to stop with these debates about you know the coach sucks and then the GM sucks. It's going to be like, you know, what are the Giants going to do about you know at the very top running this team? I mean, at the end of the day. Mayor makes a decision on who the GM is. He's the one who makes the decision on who the coach is. You know, he's the one who makes the, the most important decisions. And you know, obviously, they can't. You can't fire him, but you know, 
at some point, what do you do about that? So, I just think that uh, Giants fans suffering is is um, so minimal in comparison to the worst organizations in the league. I mean, I <laughs> it's two different things. Nine years, but I mean that's where it stems from. John Mara wasn't a buffoon in twenty eleven. No, but I mean, I think you can, if you look at the longer gaze of history and you expand it out more, I would think it's safe to say that we were not a dynasty for, you know, that five-year run. I think we had two very hot periods from I think that's December to January. No, I don't think so. I think there were, I mean, I, those, those teams are, if you were to rank the, 50, the 60 or whatever, how many Super Bowl winning teams, where do those two teams rank? I'm not even talking about, I'm saying for that period of years... 2007 was a really good team. 2008 was an even better team. 2009 was a bad team. 2010 was a good team that just missed the playoffs. And 2011 won a Super Bowl also. Yeah, but you know something? Just didn't make the playoffs in this league is not a sign of, you know, that's bad. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I sorry to sound I mean, what, you know, cold, I, but... I think they were 10-6, and six, though. That's not... But they didn't make the, play, they didn't make okay, the playoffs. But 10-6 and six is not bad. Making the playoffs is going to be dependent on your division and, and things like that. I understand that. That a team is bad. But that, that, that doesn't put me up as saying that that was a dynasty team or a, not in a dynasty like NFL greats, but like that, those two Super Bowl wins, I think, make that era Absolutely. feel like a lot better than. And, you know, yeah, of course. I mean, if not, then they're kind of like it's the same thing with the 86 to 91, you know, period. Those are you know, pretty good teams in there, but they they had. You know that '86 team was really good. That was a that's probably the best giant team we've ever had. Uh, the '91 team or the, the '90 team, they won a lot, but they won a lot of 15, 12 games, and they just kind of they just won. You know, I always say losers lose. That was a team where winners win. Not a great team, just a, a you know it just kind of worked. Um, but but you know again in. In football, I mean, that last Super Bowl is a lifetime ago almost. Again, you're talking sure, about... Sure, that's fine. That's fine. It, what, what I'm talking about is we're, I'm comparing this to Washington. Washington is, is a, a seller of an organization. Oh, right yeah. Now. I mean, oh, yeah. So what you have is a never-ending carousel of coaches and GMs, all who pick their quarterbacks. They seem to be forced into... So what you have now is a situation where... Um, it is reported that Dwayne Haskins was handpicked by Daniel Snyder, not the GM, not the coach. That coach gets fired because he didn't think he was ready to play. Basically, he was pressured into making him play. He played, played like shit. Well, I think it was the opposite. I think it was the opposite. I think that, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Gruden said, oh, yeah, this is your quarterback? Here, I'm going to put him on the field. This is what you got. And I think he embarrassed Haskins, and I think he embarrassed Snyder. And that's what got him run. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's there's a bunch of other things too that was getting Bruden run out of town, um, but now you have another head coach who still didn't pick this quarterback, and now we have a situation where now this quarterback taken in the top fifteen in the draft is now benched and uh, is dealing with what I can only assume is a fake stomach illness at this point. Yeah, that's that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, so this is this is now. Um, 
what I would consider attitude related, which was the only issue that I really truly had with Dwayne Haskins. Well, no, the, the the two main issues I had with him was that he only had one year of film, um, which is not great for me. I like to see players develop and especially at the quarterback position. But then also I, I it just everything about him rubbed me the wrong way character wise. There was some weird shit with his dad trying to get involved with his stuff. Um, the way he acted on draft night didn't seem very great for me. So, so let me get this straight. A quarterback with one year of film who has issues with his dad, who was formerly coached by urban Meyer. <laughs> Sounds also like Cam Newton. <laughs> yes, but Cam Newton had incredible college tape. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm just making a joke. I mean, obviously if, I mean, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't like Cam Newton either. I think he is also a prick. I hate him. I, I, I know you have your your college issues with him, and that's fine. I I didn't really know his backstory like you did when he came into the league, and I just you know just you know the way he acts like such a bitch when he loses and he has to do his post game press conference. It never got better. He never gets shit for it. He never gets yeah. shit for that. I mean, well, he's a, he's a style over substance guy. I mean, he's a guy where image is very big. I mean, he's a very flashy type quarterback. He's a highlight film guy where you know kids love, and you know he's he has an attitude that a lot of people like. So a lot of it's going to be, you know, it's going to be papered over the immaturity and the lack of kind of self awareness when you lose. But that's I just, I just know, that's offset by it is yeah. hilarious to me how he was getting shit for being. I guess arrogant is kind of the word when when that team went whatever they were like fifteen and one that Panther team in twenty fifteen they were really good and he would every time they'd score he'd go find a kid and and give him the ball and there was a whole lot of excess celebration and that's fine I actually don't care about that it, I think it's cheesy and corny but these are it is what real, it is at this point it's really young guys playing a game so watch the baseball playoffs now every home run is the most you know. Us old men think it's the most you know embarrassing thing there is, but that's the way it is now. Yeah, and, and that, that, to me that was we have to fine. But we have to adjust to it. Yeah, it's hilarious to me how it was described. It was defended as you know he just loves to play the game. He loves playing the game. He's having fun out there. It's like yeah, because he's winning. You see him when he loses. Yeah. When he lost that Super Bowl, I, that post game press conference was embarrassing. Yeah, I mean that was just a man sulking in it. I mean, I mean, there are there are sore losers out there, and a lot of people don't can't handle losing. And I'll give you an example. You know, again, I hate to keep roping the Gators into this conversation all the time, but uh, it was a lot of news that was made a couple of days ago when Dan Mullen, after we lost, was crying about crowd noise and we should pack the swamp and everything. That's that's not a, a, that was not a, a comment about you know snubbing noses about social distancing and everything. That's a guy who every time he loses says stupid things and because he can't handle losing. And a lot of these guys, you know, whether it's coaches or players, a lot of them, they don't have the social skills that other people do because they're, you know, they're spending a hundred hours a week on the job. They're, they're in the film room. They're, you know, they, they don't talk to the press. They don't do these things. And you see it come out in situations like that. And I think Cam is, is one of those guys too. You know, there's, there's a lot of sore losers out there. People are very competitive and they can't handle, you know, a lot of, I think the sore losing also comes with entitlement too, where they feel they're entitled to everything and it doesn't go their way. They just kind of lash out. And he's one of those guys too. 
And I, you know what's interesting is I, I think that Dwayne Haskins has some head case issues like that, but I don't think it's exactly sore loserish. I mean, a lot of the um, reports were th- that he was after losing was just bragging about his stats in the locker room. Yeah. Um, which is very much like not trying to be a team player, not trying to get the team better, just like, hey, don't look at me. I was doing my thing. You guys yeah. got to get better. That's, yeah, a, a complete self, lack of self-awareness and, uh, you know, thinking about the I. And that, that happens with guys that, you know, are entitled. Mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. feel like they're not not spoiled, entitled. They get their asses kissed their entire lives. They're, you know, you don't remember, you don't realize when a guy, by the time he steps foot on a college campus, has had now five and six years of being having his ass kissed by everybody. You remember high school? You remember high school? I mean, I didn't have any elite talent. I think I had in my graduating class two kids go to college. Both had scholarships. That was it. Yeah, but but I bet you the quarterback of your your high school team was screwing every cheerleader whenever he wanted. <laughs> right? Probably. I I can't speak to that, but. I probably. I mean, he was probably like, you know, uh, Randall Pink Floyd in Days and Confused, where they rule the school and do whatever they wanted. No one ever said no. So that's just any random high school USA. You get these elite talent guys who, you know, uh, if Nick Saban and Urban Meyer knock on your door as an eighth grader, you know, they they get their asses kissed for five years until they step foot on a campus. And then, you know, they earn another level of respect because they're getting their asses kissed by you know, the national media and then, you know, agents and the ass kissing of the, the combine and stuff. And these guys, you know, they just feel entitled and they, they short circuit when things don't go their way. And they just thinking about themselves and themselves and themselves. And Haskins is, you know, a classic case of that where, you know, and we now live in a, a society where everything is about me. It's self-promotion. It's I can't wait to get onto Twitter after a game and, and complain about something or get an Instagram up there about myself and when just have I ever complained about anything on Twitter? Oh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> As everybody who listens to this show either probably hates my guts or just tuned out or kicked me off Twitter, which <laughs> follow me at the cranky fan for you know, continuing updates. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, but we admit it though. We know that. I mean, oh, we yeah. also, I mean, the, what Grump and I do, we do this for fun. This is our, you know, our social media presence is our alter egos where we blow off steam, you know, so our wives and girlfriends don't want to divorce and kill us. Uh, but these guys, it's so ingrained as part of their brand and really who they are. I mean, it's different than we are. And again, it goes into that entitlement. And again, things don't go their way. This is what happens. And a character of a man is how you handle it. And he's not Haskins, let, but let's say this, though. Let's be fair. He's how old? I don't know. 23? 21, 22, 23. 22. He's young. Yeah. And you hope, hopefully for him, for his personal thing, that he figures it out. A lot of these guys figure it out. A lot of them don't. But a lot of these guys ultimately do. I mean, I'm holding out hope for a guy like Odell Beckham, you know, as he gets a little older, still in this league, who's still a young guy, mm-hmm. kind of figures it out. You know, I, I, I hope that, uh, you know, you name the sport, you name the team that they figure it out. But we got we have to remember too, they're they're not, you know, middle aged guys who sit on the couch. They're not boomers like me. They're not, you know, these are young kids and they're living through it and with advantages that none of us can ever imagine. Um, and he's just not there yet. Not our problem. I mean, 
the fortunate thing is the quarterback we drafted so far, small sample size, but seems to be handling, you know, his growing pain, his growing pains and his adversity uh, better than other guys have. I mean, even even compare like Baker Mayfield to, uh, you know, I would say Baker Mayfield doesn't handle his situation as well as like a Daniel Jones does. No, definitely not. No, he's a big, yeah, he's, he's, he's an immature baby also. And, you know, before we, I know we're segueing a little bit and swaying all over the place here, but before you are so quick to say Daniel Jones was a bust and it was just a bad draft pick and they wasted the pick and fire Gettleman, just kind of think, you know, what is the, what's the core of Daniel Jones? What are you starting with? You're starting with a guy who seems to have a head on his shoulders, who seems to be pretty even keel, doesn't get too excited or too pissed when things go don't go his way, and it's learning it. Sounds like another quarterback we drafted, you know, 17 years ago. Yeah, I'm not comparing what Daniel Jones, you know, could do compared to what Eli did, but oh, you're just talking about mental makeup. Yeah, I mean, the uh, if you go to if you go to the uh, the Louvre, or you go to a famous museum, and you see uh, a, a statue that's been around for 800 years, it's made of granite. It's not made of of sandstone. And it seems like a guy like Daniel Jones has been made more granite than some of these other guys that are made out of paper mache. So just remember that when you're so quick to say, I'm running him off as a bust after 18 games. Damn, bro. That was deep. Quite deep, huh? Um, so the, the issues with Haskins are allegedly go back to um, summer whenever he was named the starter, um, and they just have only gotten worse. He was officially – he wasn't just uh, not named the starter – Last week, he was placed third on the depth chart, and then a mysterious stomach injury showed up. Um, that is continuing to this day. So we're now uh, almost a week away from the stomach issue, and he is still having – he has not practiced. Is it possible that he has COVID? No, it was it was made it was made immensely clear on Sunday before the game that okay, it was okay. not COVID-related. Because I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how these coaches at the NFL and and the college level are identifying versus not identifying. Because I know there's HIPAA rules and there's all these different things where you can't necessarily specifically say this guy has COVID. It just all of a sudden doesn't show up. I think if you make a guy third string, you you third team, you are sending a clear cut message to somebody. I mean, that's there's no doubt about it. But to your point, you know, this coach didn't draft him; he inherited him. And, you know, he might feel that it's, you know, not the right fit for him. You know, it's, I mean, you, every coach, every employer, every boss has the right to use, you know, to have his people come in and do the jobs for him. And this is really no different. So, you know, part of it may be just Ron Rivera just wants to go in a different direction. And part of it is he may not like him. And part of it is Haskins is digging, you know, a hole for himself. But. We are where we are right now, and he's not playing this Sunday. That's all we care about. Yeah. Um, so what this means is that Kyle Allen is now first string quarterback, um, a former A and M guy. So I assume maybe you have some insight into him. Um, uh, uh, back when A and M, you know, this is pre. This is Kevin Sumlin was the coach. This is obviously before Jimbo. They. You know, they score a bunch of points against bad teams, but then they would play Alabama and get their asses kicked. So just kind of an empty stat type of offense back then. They could never be trusted to win a big game ever. Um, A&M is kind of the equivalent to a Big 12 offense. Or you could say, you could say the same about Florida right now. We're scoring 1,000 points and giving up a million points. But, yeah, 
just a guy you plug into an offense like that, and they're going to, you know, he doesn't make it any better. He's just a product of the system. Right. He does offer this team some mobility. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, he did exit the game last week in the second quarter and was replaced by Alex Smith, who I cannot understand how, but is playing after, has it been two years now? A year? I think two years. Yeah. Um, with a compound fracture, almost had his leg amputated. Uh, super gross. Um, yeah. I, you know, I assume that Kyle Allen is still the guy this week. I don't know that an official announcement's been made. He is. He he went out with what looked like a head injury, but this week is listed on the injury report with a shoulder injury, left shoulder. He did get popped pretty good on the left side. Um, I saw the pop, yeah, and when it happened, it was like I remember. Uh, I was watching in, in our bedroom. The wife was watching, I think, the Red Zone in the other room. And I think it was live when she was on her thing. And we both were like, ooh, like <laughs> we, when we saw it happen. Like you simultaneously made the same noise. So, yeah, it wasn't pretty. I mean, one of the worst hits we saw of the week until, you know, things happened later with Dak, you know, obviously. But, yeah, enough to say he's probably out of the game after that. <laughs> he has practiced fully uh, so far this week. So, I'm going to pencil Kyle Allen in as the starter. Uh, you know, Alex Smith. Alex Smith, I think, from a pure quarterback standpoint, is the best of the bunch. Um, you know, the man can move. He he's smart. He can make the throws. You know, say what you want about his time in San Francisco. His time with Washington before that injury, they were definitely going to the playoffs before he went down. Um, let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Do you think he was a number one overall pick? Mm-hmm. Would you call his career as a number one pick a bust, disappointing, expected, better than expected? What would you what would you say? I'd call it disappointing. I mean, he went to an NFC Championship game um in the NFC West, you know, they were playing well. Uh even if he wasn't statistically having a great season, you know, there was a lot made of him not throwing to a lot of wide receivers. They also, you know, they didn't really have that many great wide receivers. I mean, they had Michael Crabtree, who I think is actually closer to a bust. Um, and who else? Ted Ginn Jr. I mean, who knows? That guy's been on thirteen teams. Like every time I watch, every time I watch a random game at four o'clock, there's Ted Ginn Jr. returning a kickoff or something. Yeah, I mean, like he had Vernon Davis as his tight end, so I don't think it's crazy that he was completing a lot of passes to tight ends. They were mm-hmm. also running the ball like madmen, so why bother? But I would say it's disappointing. Uh, he's shown flashes. He also had a very rough situation. Um, cycling through coaches, offensive coordinators. I think it showed when an offensive coordinator was matched with his skill set, like in Washington with Jay Gruden, uh, like in San Francisco with um, Harbaugh, he can be very effective, he can be very deadly, and he can be very precise. Um, uh, yeah, I think uh, of all the quarterbacks who were taken number one overall in the last 15 years, you know, I think he probably had some of the lowest expectations I had coming out of college. I mean, I know, you know, with, with, the, with the urban offense, you know, that offense was really good and, and remained really good until the day he no longer was coaching. Um, but I felt like he was a little bit more of a product. And first of all, remember, Utah was not Florida, not Ohio State, not nearly playing 
the talent level of defenses that, you know, future quarterbacks that he had, like, you know, you know Tebow and, and, and even uh, Haskins, even, you know. Uh, I, I, and I, you know, it just seemed to be more of a product of the system than him just being a, you know, a really gifted, great quarterback. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, but no, it's been, it's, been a, it's been a long time now. I mean, it, he was drafted in 2000 and 2005. So 15 years, not 16 years. So that's, you know, that's, and, and also in a, in a massive injury that, you know, well, that's it for me. So, like I said, from a pure quarterback standpoint, he's head and shoulders above Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins. However, that leg injury takes away so much of what he can do. I mean, I mean, I, I, this is the first time any of us have seen him playing on a leg that has a quad muscle implanted into his lower leg. You know, I, I don't even know. If you've seen it, it's monstrous, but whatever. You know, he he's moving. He can run, kind of. Um, but he's not really running. He's not moving the way quarterbacks move. Um, this is Alex. This is Alex Smith two point This is not the same quarterback that you remember him to be. Different skill set now because no, he has. You, to. You're talking about lipstick on a pig. This is it, man. I mean, <laughs> he, he. You know, and, and it's amazing what he's doing. But at the same time, yeah. right now, I have to think that Kyle Allen. Is, I was holding. I have no bone in it whatsoever. Rewatching a game against the Rams. You know the Rams in Washington, um, and I was clenching my teeth every time he dropped back to pass. So I mean, I can't imagine that Ron Rivera is rushing him out there just because he might be a little bit better than Kyle Allen. You know, so. Um, well, at this at this point too, you know, if he thinks Kyle Allen might be the future of this team, what is really the what is really the point of playing Alex Smith? I mean, no, I mean, you know, that, at that this point now. I mean, at this point, you know, I hate to say it, but you're probably thinking about the number one overall pick. And you're probably thinking about, in the back of your mind, Trevor Lawrence. And if Alex Smith is just good enough to maybe get you an extra win or two, is that really counterproductive what you're trying to do? I mean, this team is dreadful. This is a really bad team. And, you know, the writing seems to be on the wall that they do not have their franchise quarterback on the roster right now. And if you don't have your franchise quarterback on your roster and you are just limping along with a, a, a pretty much a brand new coach and you might see them almost starting from square one beginning of next year because there was no off season to implement what you're trying to do now. I, I, don't, I don't even see the point of playing in Alex Smith if he's the best guy in there. He's not your He's not in your long-term future plans. He's not even your immediate future plans. You know, if Trevor Lawrence is turns out to be the number one overall pick and it turns out that Washington gets him, Odds are, first snap of next year, he's playing. I mean, there is there is tons of you know examples of it happening in the last five six years now. So, um, yeah, I don't. I would think that Kyle Allen's coming in and he's going to be the guy. Yeah, and you know, a lot was made out of how Dwayne Haskins was a statue in the pocket in college and stuff like that. But he's shown since he went to Washington that he can move a little bit. He can run if he needs to. And and not poor. I'm not saying that like he can do it if he has to. I mean, he stands in the pocket. He stands strong in the pocket. But if he if the pocket's collapsing, he'll move and be effective. So, um, but Kyle Allen, I think, is a little bit more natural on his feet. I think he's been doing it a little bit longer, and I think it opens up a little bit of the offense. Um, again, we're not talking about Cam Newton here, um, but you know, 
a guy with some wheels, and that is going to change how we have to defend them. So he's like a, like Daniel Jones type wheels to move around. Bit, uh, I think, yeah, I think so. Somewhere like yeah. That. I mean, I wouldn't call Daniel Jones a runner, but I also he's certainly not a statue. He's no, no, no. Can, no. I mean, you can he, you can throw in RPO plays. He's not afraid to take a hit. He's not afraid yeah. to run. You know, he's he's fine on his feet. But I also would not draft him and be like, oh man, I can't wait to put some RPO stuff in here. You know what I mean? That's just a thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is not 1985 Oklahoma where they're trying to do. No. Yeah. So, you know, while we're talking about how Washington sucks, you know, I'm just looking at how the Giants can win this game. Um, Washington on offense is stuck with some really limited talent. Uh, their O-line is not that bad, but they did lose uh, Trent Williams. Um, due to internal conflict with the owner. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, I'm just stating it like it is. There's a, la- a, la- a broken trust there. Um, what what a zoo. I mean, just what an organization. Yeah. I mean, is that I'm, – I'm trying to remember now. Was that the organization that had – he had like a brain tumor or was that the Jets with – No, that was – no, even the Jets aren't that pathetic. That was, this that was Washington. Him? Yeah, it was Washington. He was like yeah. complaining of head issues, and the training staff was telling him he was fine. And then he like went to an independent doctor and found he had like cancer or something or a tumor. Yep. I don't remember. Yep, bad to be here. Yeah, um, yeah, he's gone, and that was definitely their best online, and probably the second best tackle in the division. Um, yeah, he's gone. Their O line now is is fine. It's not terrible, but you know the skill position talent. Starting with the quarterback is super limited. You know, Allen is limited in what he's able to do. You know, he he just it just is what it is. He can win games, sure. You know, I don't want to Nick Mullins this situation, but I'm just speaking in the team in general. He's not a guy who's going to elevate the lackluster talent on the outside on his own. So in the passing game, taking away his major weapons and forcing him to go through progressions and panic is is important. And when I say go through his weapons, I mean McLaurin because that is without question the best wide receiver on the team and it may not even be close that there's a second one even worth mentioning. Um, And so shutting McLaurin down is going to be really effective. So I'm assuming that whether it's Bradbury or or some kind of zone coverage with a bracket on him, he's got to be neutralized first and foremost. And then the other thing that they're really doing is is, um, utilizing Antonio Gibson. Um at running back, both both in the running game, passing game, screens, um, checkdowns, neutralizing those two weapons, and, and the running game will go a long way with this team. I mean, they are just—I've literally listed everything that they have on offense. If if the Giants lose this game, it's because a th- they they either didn't do what I said, or they're so bad that a third person that does not even deserve to be mentioned emerged in the ranks in the skill positions and tore up the defense. And I don't see that happening. I think it's very simple. I think if the Giants don't beat themselves, they, they should win this game. I mean, you know, the worst things they can do are, you know, again, the continued strip sack fumble, they get the ball in great field position. Um, you know, the mistake, the, the, the one bad throw, you know, that's a pick, uh, you know, they're a better team. I mean, we're not saying the Giants are a Super Bowl contender, but compared roster to roster and all the matchups and stuff, we're a better team. And I think the way that, you know, the quickest way to lose this game is to, you know, shorten the game to their advantage and give them opportunities that they don't deserve. You know, do you, you know, 
if we're playing a field position game, it's going to be very, very difficult for Washington to have continued sustained drives and, you know, get chunks of yardage, you know, the way Dallas did, you know, guys are wide open all over the place or running the, the ball for, you know, consistently. I, I don't see that. Um, but the Giants are a bad team and they've shown, you know, Daniel Jones, you know, for as part of this, you know, development process is more likely to fumble when he gets hit than the average quarterback is right now. Um, he is developing, we mentioned last week, bad habits where he's throwing off the back foot too much and it looks like he's throwing uphill and, and some decision making that, you know, it's that one throw that kills it. It's, it's kind of like my golf game. You know, I, I may have a great drive, a good second shot, and that third one I hit, you know, at a 90-degree angle to where the hole is, and all of a sudden my my score for that round for that round is awful or for that hole. And that's kind of what Daniel Jones is doing. It's the one thing that's fucking up, you know, a drive or fucking up a game. And until that improves, we are susceptible to, you know, allowing a team with, you know, lesser – uh, talent, the lesser matchup to win. So to me, I think this is very as simple as clean some of that stuff up. Don't beat yourselves. I think we can beat this team. Absolutely. And and you said it, man. The Giants, the, the Washington won't win this game. The Giants will lose it. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of what I said of what they need to do defensively is pretty much implied, you know, the worst thing that they're having trouble with is getting off the field and third down. They can clean that up, I think. Um, offensively, their biggest issue is is protecting the fucking ball. I mean, really. Um, this has to be... Uh, Jones has to, at some point, turn a corner and understand when he can take a sack, throw it away, or check it down. And he has to know, depending on his internal clock, which of those to do. Um and that's not here yet. That is clearly not is here. Not you can here see yet. it. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not picking sides here. I'm not defending him. I'm not trashing him. It's just that is a development thing that we need to see. It has been 16, 17 games for him. So I'm not expecting the world to suddenly, you know, the, the light bulb to just one day turn on. It's going to be a little bit over time, but we're not seeing it yet. Yeah, the light bulb should be at least dimmed a little bit on, and we're not seeing that yet. You know, it's, it's not an on-off switch, but it's a fader switch, and that fader switch should be a little brighter than it is now. I mean, he's not a he's not a raw rookie. It's one of those things, though. I mean, like, how do you know if he if he manages to avoid six sacks in a game, but the one sack is a strip fumble touchdown? It's hard to see that as a dim light, a light that got a little bit brighter. I mean, I. I I think objectively we could say that, but yeah, I mean, it's just, there's a pattern that, you know, the amount of times where he is un he's unaware of that guy, the blindside rush or just getting popped that the ball is flying out. Now, I don't know if that's, you know, lack of anticipation or just the lack of, you know, balls, you know, to, to be able to hold on to a ball when he's getting nailed. I don't know, I don't know which one of the two that is. But it's it just seems like, and you know it, and it's the same thing happened to Eli in the final you know third of his career when you saw that guy coming around the edge about to hit Eli. Your first thought is, oh shit, don't fumble. Oh, he just fumbled. Yep. Yeah, and, and this is this is the game for him to show people that he can turn that corner because for for every non skill position player Washington has on offense, they've put it in their pass rush. Uh, you know. 
between Sweat, Young, Kerrigan, Ionitis, who's on IR right now, but in general, you know, settled. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a very good defensive front. Um, Sweat, I've you know, I've seen him in college, and uh, he's a beast. <laughs> he really is. I mean, he he went up against a pretty bad offensive line last year against Florida, but you know, he he's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, um, but you know what? Washington is still a rebuilding team. They're still bad. So for for all the the kudos we can give them for their front area, the the front uh, pass rushers, that middle of the defense there with John Bostic, they're terrible in coverage. And that's what LA did to them. They just dinked and dunked the shit out of them right over the middle. And and they specifically targeted targeted Bostic multiple times in a row. Um, and then on top of that, they they can also be had deep because they don't really have a particularly strong group of safeties back there either well i mean you can employ a dink and dunk offense one if the defense is giving it to you and two if you know the offense on the other side isn't going to move the ball that much that sure. dink and oh, dunk yeah. that dink and dunk offense will wear a defense down you'll kill time of possession you know for the other team and and but again the other team is pass rush right and also if there's no you know no offense to speak up on the other side that's when you start seeing that 42, you know, 17 uh, discrepancy in time possession. And that's how you beat these bad teams. You, If they have a good defense, you wear them down by making them play 80, 90 plays a game. So that's just feeding right into it. All right, it's time to jump into predictions. So when we last predicted this way back in summer, things were different. I mean, honestly, uh <laughs> You know, yeah. Dwayne Haskins was the quarterback. I was saying how he was improving down the stretch and that he's probably getting better. Ultimately, though, I did say this team was a disaster. Um, and I said that I find it hard to see how they'll be scoring points this year. And it would take tremendous leaps from people like Haskins, who is now third string. A prove-it year from Geis, who's not on the roster. Um, you know just so many ifs for this team to be good and none of those ifs are coming true I had this as a win in pen way back in July or whenever we did this and I'm keeping it that way I'm thinking that this is a a faint glimmer of hope for this team to be turning a corner I think the Giants win this one something like not that pretty like 23 to 13 what did I pick back in the summer? You also had this as a win in pen. I'm sorry. You know something? I said to myself after the Dallas game that I just I felt while there were some little improvements and we're starting to see it's shooting up in the right direction a little bit, I thought this team still had a way to go before they could beat anybody. And I had said to myself, I'm not picking this team to beat anybody until I see them win. I, I You know, I said the same thing internally. I, I You know, and, you know, the more I thought about this week and then, you know, if Kyle Allen's going to be the quarterback and, you know, all of these things, um, I don't, what's the weather supposed to be like this weekend? Do we know? Uh, beautiful day, 63 degrees. Okay. All right, so decent weather. Um, you know, I think, I think we're actually, I'm going to go against my gut, which is probably a good thing, but I want to put this game actually is the Giants winning this in pen. I think, you know, 
Kyle Allen, sometimes you put a quarterback in and you make a quick switch, you get a little bit of an immediate little burst, a little spark. Um, I think that with our improving pass rush and the improvements to defense, I think you're going to see the turnover margin heavily on our side. I think you might see one or two defensive scores in this game. I think the score gets a little out of reach, actually. I, I'm going to put this as a giant win in pen, something to the effect of like, 30 to 30 to 14. One of those one of those scores is in garbage time. At least one, if not two of those scores are either directly caused by the defense scoring or setting up a really easy score. Damn, you heard it here first. Yeah, I mean I could be completely wrong, but I no, I could see this, that. Yeah, I didn't factor in actually a defensive score, just turnovers, so. Yeah, this Washington team is a mess. They're not they are Losers, losers with cap losers lose the capital L's, you know. And uh, I think this is just kind of the we're starting to knock on the door a little bit for wins, but I think we might actually get it this week. And real quick, whipping around the league, uh, around the division, uh, Baltimore is playing at Philadelphia. How do you feel about that one? Philadelphia is one of those teams where no matter how I pick them, they're going to do the exact opposite. So. I will – they're not going to – the the Baltimore defense is just way too good. So I'm going to say Baltimore wins in Penn, but I'll probably be wrong. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Baltimore is on another level. Um, they are just – they're too much for a Philadelphia offense that is just garbage this year due to injuries. Y- yeah, absolutely. Um, Arizona is traveling to Dallas. How do we feel about this one? You tell me about Dallas. <laughs> I really don't know. You know, I mean, they they have a major major problem right now without uh, without Dak being there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to contrarian what I think. I'm going to say Dallas wins this in pencil. I just think you know, um, everybody's be very quick to count them out and say you know we heard the ridiculous comments that Jerry Jones said that uh, uh, Andy Dalton's our quarterback. Does there need to you know go outside the organization when we all know he's stinks but you know something this is a wacky week and a wacky year i'm going to say they, they're going to win in pencil putting andy dalton in is not the same as putting in kyle allen um you know the, the man was a starter for a number of years he's been to the playoffs before um he's not a dummy and he's not without talent even if he's not starter material um so this isn't like they lost their starting quarterback this whole year is ruined even though it probably is, uh, they will still be a competitive team, especially with the way their offense was clicking. You know, uh, I want to say Arizona. Everything tells me Arizona with 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 um, Kyler Murray going against this shitty Dallas defense, but something is telling me that Dallas is going to surprise and win this game. I, I don't know why, so I'm with you, Dallas and Pencil. I should be more excited about Kyler Murray than I am. Hmm. I don't know. I just, I just, he's not on that same tier as, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson is to me. I don't know. I'm, I just, maybe just the talent he has around him or something, but he needs to prove more to me that he's in that upper echelon of, uh, elite quarterbacks because he's not there yet. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Here, I mean, Kyler, step up or else Cranky Fan won't believe in you. No, I mean, I think, <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, people 
a lot of people love him, I think, for it. Like, oh, that's Kyler Murray doing some things. And it's like, I'm just not there yet. So He throws again, a really pretty ball. He really does. Oh, he does. But again, and he's still young in his career. But, you know, I'm not ready to say, you know, if there's five quarterbacks in the league who I want, he's not, I'm not even thinking about him in that list. All right. Where, you know, yeah, Lamar Jackson, I can, I, can, I, I can make a case for. So... All right, everyone. So that's it. Sunday, one o'clock at MetLife Stadium. Hopefully, the Giants get their first one of the season, and we can do we can do a positive podcast. I can't wait for that. Please, you remember those? Oh, God, <laughs> I you know no, I don't. Um, but that would be nice. Um, so in between now and then, for any news updates and for live angry tweets during the game, you can follow me on Twitter at football underscore grump. Or you can follow the Cranky Fan on Twitter as well at the Cranky Fan, who is also probably going to be tweeting about baseball. You know what would be great, Twitter? Don't go down during playoff games. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I made my first comment about the game in the top of the first inning and could not save, could not save, could not save. All of a sudden, realized nothing's going through. So that's a bad time to, uh, you know, shit the bed. I don't care that there's town halls and politics going on. When there's a Rays playoff game, I need that outlet or I'm going to combust. So I give a fart to Twitter this week. Nice. nice. Clean your shit up. <laughs> and this podcast, as always, can be found on Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, um, iTunes. You name it, it's there. Use your favorite podcast app and search for Just Giants. Subscribe for free. And all of these episodes will be available for you first thing in the morning on Friday morning and Tuesday morning. Yeah, we got to figure. We're gonna have to uh, figure out our schedule next week because, barring a collapse, I will be on a plane Monday going to Arlington for the World Series. So uh, we will have to figure out our recording schedule around that. So we will. We'll make it work. Yeah, we'll make it work. We always do. Yes. Yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you Sunday. Go Giants. Go Giants.